I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today we have a very special guest from Panini America, Mr. Tracy Hackler. Tracy, welcome. Ryan, thanks for having me. Thank you guys for coming into our humble abode here at Panini America. It's a it's an honor to be on. I'm a big fan of the of the show and uh, have had the great luxury of meeting all three of you and your great team. And I'm excited to be here. Before we really get into things, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. How Roughly how far away from the National are we at this moment? Uh, a couple of weeks. Would you say like a week and a half, two weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's two what is it, the, the 29th? Yeah, what's the date? The 50? Two weeks exactly. Yep. We're pretty close. Actually, 13 days exactly because the the Wednesday night preview show. That's exactly right. We are officially under two weeks. Yeah, we are. And I'm pretty I, um, excited about it. Well... As am I. It's the one of my favorite times of the year. I could imagine. And that, I know Ryan's jazzed. Yeah. Well, he, Ryan that's stays jazzed. Two, that, that's <laughs> true. Two years ago at the National is when we all met for the first time, actually. Really? Yep. Yeah, I was a big Gary Vee guy, and I heard he was setting up there, and Tyler and Lou were there. Lou was actually the first one I met. Lou and I actually had conversations beforehand. Um, he had reached out and said something in a dm talking about a card and we had a conversation and i just remember it was it was crazy at the time right now it's even crazier that we're still here and talking cards at panini so it's uh it's crazy how life works sometimes yeah the national is a a, a hub for things like that and obviously gary v you know i don't i'm not just saying this because i'm on this show but i think when people have talked about the boom over the last 18 months to two years um, I think I don't think Gary Vee gets nearly enough credit for his role in where the market has come. It's a lot of other things, right? People attribute sneakerheads. People attribute young venture capitalists looking for money. Uh, the stock market people who get a better return, faster return on trading cards than the market. But Gary Vee is the one who kind of, uh, I think he's been called a Pied Piper in some circles. Mm-hmm. And I think is accurate. And so I think him being at the National, I think two years in a row he was there. Mm-hmm. And we got to spend some time with him. Uh, Jason, my boss, our VP of marketing, uh, had connected with him. And so uh, he's a visionary, obviously. And, and uh, he's a big reason why everyone is enjoying the kind of success that they are. One of the things that I, I, I think we can have a fun conversation you know, about here is you know, myself, probably the newest kind of freshest in this in this world and, and you know, in the hobby as, as part of the community. And it's been so amazing. Uh, you know, I find I'm like pinching myself sitting here, sitting next to, to y'all. And, and we talk about, you know, going to the National and two years ago and then the juxtaposition of, you know, yourself and the long career you've had. And, and Ryan's been doing this for so long. You know, I, I don't to my understanding, I don't believe this is the first time or first cycle or first moment where you could consider there been a, a boom or increased interest, you know, in, in the the hobby. I'd love to just hear, you know, a little bit of, of 
when it all started for you like what what how long have you been a part of this hobby as a as a human not as an employee of panini i always say i was a a collector long before i was a a professional in, in the industry so i started collecting sports cards i'm way old as you guys can probably tell salt and pepper a little more uh, salt and pepper 25 like life expectancy Close. is long. Close, right? Close. Life expectancy yeah. is long nowadays. I was seven or eight, nineteen seventy-seven or seventy-eight, and and my brother and I started collecting um, because back then sports cards were like our iPhones because we didn't have the internet, we didn't have Twitter to to reach out to our favorite team or players. So mm-hmm. we would ride our bikes down to the Seven Eleven on the corner, and we would get a Slurpee and we get a few packs of tops cards because that's yeah. all because that's all there was right yeah yeah um and i've just have such fond vivid memories of me and my brother doing that and we bonded over that and we learned what players did in the off season we learned what their stats were and so that's where it started and it's been for me it's been a lifelong passion love affair really um and i just have been so blessed um when i was able to turn it into a career back in 95 is when it started um and i I literally pinch myself sometimes thinking about what sports cards has done for me and where it's brought me from Beckett to Donruss to Beckett to Panini um, and just the people I've met, the experiences I've been able to experience all through football cards or baseball. It's just, it still boggles my mind um, sometimes when I think about it. Yeah. I, uh, and I'll turn it over to these guys, but something that, that comes to mind immediately is, my gut says when that was, you know, 78, 79, 90, maybe 100% of it was around the sport of baseball. Yeah. Baseball cards. Yeah, that's accurate. You know, and, and we on our show, we, we do a lot of almost talking. We like to talk about fringe. Yes. Yeah. Whether it be sure. F1 or obviously soccer isn't a fringe sport, footy, what we call it, but kind of this evolution of, you know, Fortnite cards or, or what have you. How do you think as kind of being in Panini with all the change that's going on, both respecting the, you know, old age of the hobby and, and how it's been versus continuing to innovate, you know, in these certain areas as demand pops up or changes happen? Yeah, man, I, I think one of the great things about Panini is that they are so diverse and they have international roots, Italian roots for from soccer stickers, just simple stickers that you put in an album. And, and that's where Panini got its start. And to see how we kind of morphed that um, with the first kind of traditional North American sports card product for soccer, which was that World Cup. Uh, 2014 release and it was really new for our international subsidiaries who were like well that's not good that's not going to work and we're like we think it'll work mm-hmm. um and it took some time and took some convincing but pri- it didn't hurt that we launched with prism so to see the success of that product and how that has led to to the stuff we're doing now with syria and la liga and and euro and um and then just there's um I think we're really able to to satiate a bunch of different tastes and and passions. Whether it's Fortnite, which we've you guys have seen how some of those cards you guys have collected some of those cards, um, how that has taken off. And the, I, I've heard a lot of people say over the last few years in the industry, whether you're a breaker or store or distributor, like everybody eats. And it's really never been true. Like everybody in the chain eats every kind of whatever you collect on the fringe, you get to eat. I mean, not to talk about somebody else, but who would have thought F1 would be what it's doing? And and it's 
what what we found too is because there's so much uh, demand that people who can't get football because it's sold out or NBA because it's sold out, they're moving to UFC or they're moving to NASCAR mm-hmm. or. or um, so it's just been really fun to watch, and I don't know where we're going, but I but I'm excited about Forward. it. Forward, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Now, Tracy, uh, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because Tyler started off with a great question about how far we are away from the national. Mm-hmm. Obviously, really my my favorite week of the year in cards. It's for for those that have never been. It's it's an experience unlike anything else. You and I actually met there a couple years ago. That's where you and I first met, mm-hmm. but. How long have you been going to the national? Was it like, did it start with Panini or before that? No, no, it started uh, when I was at Beckett. I think actually I had to research this once I started uh, working in the industry, but I went to a national that was in Arlington, Texas, and I didn't really know it was the national when I went. I just knew it was a big card show. And then I went back to research. I said, I think it was 83 maybe. I hope I'm not wrong there because I am old, like I said. But but then as but then when I got in the industry in '95, I think my first one was Anaheim '96, which some people say is like the heyday of the 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 previous yeah. boom. Yeah. And the only thing I remember about that show was just the well, a few things, the size and the just. I was like blown away by it. It was like Nirvana. It was like because back then you didn't have. 24 7 access to to ebay necessarily so you had a list that you were had been working on for months you had all the money that you had mm-hmm. been compiling and you were looking and you would just walk the floor and you had to note where you were on the floor so you could go back and revisit it and so but then i also that was the first time i ever met in person john elway who's one of my uh, heroes and so that was at a pinnacle pinnacle was doing it because back then a lot of the card manufacturers used the national to hold like unveil like big products yeah. or do like press events and so they all had athletes like speaking on their behalf and john elway was there f- with pinnacle doing uh <laughs> the pinnacle mint the the card with the die cut hole in it that they made coins that you put the coin in the gotcha. in the hole. Yep. Complete failure, but a great success. And then I got to meet John Elway for the first time, and uh, so that's the first time I've been. And then I've probably been to most of them since then in some form or other. Gotcha. So you guys are probably and have been for some time gearing up for what I would assume is one of your bigger weeks on top of like the premieres, things like that. I love the, the NFL PA rookie premiere. I love the NBA rookie photo shoot, but the national is probably my favorite week because it's the one time that I love talking to our people. I love to hear feedback. I love to hear criticism. I love to hear what they're passionate about because, and I've, there've been many a shows where from open to close, I'm on my feet in our booth talking to people who want to talk to somebody, not just me, but anybody. And it's the least I can do and we can do is to, to give our time to people in those live settings because they, they allow me to, to do what I do. And, and I never take that for granted and I'll sit there all day and talk and, but I love hearing stories about why people collect or who they collect or how a box that I may have sent as a prize or something did something cool for them. And so I love that part of it. When you say you love hearing like what things are passionate about over the last 18 months, two years, what's the most surprise thing that you feel has popped up coming out of what you guys are doing, or maybe you have a small team working on some, you know, left side business unit and 
the demand is just hitting and you guys are like, what is going on out there? Yeah, that's a great question, man. There's been like, like I'm lucky enough to work with people at Panini who I've known for many, many years. Either I worked with them before at Beckett or at Domrus or mm-hmm. I've worked for them for 11 years here at Panini, but a lot of crusty, old, like lifelong hobbyists yep, yep. who live and breathe it. Yeah. And the, the amount of times we've said to ourselves in conversations, well, that'll never be topped over the last several months uh-huh. and then a, like a week later it gets topped and yeah. we're like so people i think have stopped being blown away by things mm-hmm. because but but there's no there there's no um there's no reference point for something like we've seen but and that's a really long-winded non-answer to your question i was gonna i was gonna circle back uh, and sorry say, about okay, that give but, me something uh you know i think there's been so much stuff but i think just the the craze for UFC, I'm a big UFC guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know we were trying to get that license. So when they told me we were getting it, I was blown away. And then the product hit, and I was like, wow. And so the UFC kind of surprised me in a good way. Um, the The caliber of rookie classes over the last several seasons, two or three, four seasons, has blown me away. But then how our product teams across the board and our design teams have made products now that have equity that um, people know what to expect. And they're not, although I love the rookie classes that we've had, our products aren't nearly as reliant on as strong rookie mm-hmm. classes they used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's something that for years and years and years, if you didn't have a strong rookie class, you were dead in the water. Yeah. And that's how people thought and they felt and they purchased and uh, and collected. And now that's not the case anymore because y- if you have a soft rookie class, you still have color blast you still have prism golds and blacks and, uh, yeah where my um, head was gonna go yeah there's so much other stuff yeah. now so what, what i was just saying is kaboom color blast exactly whatever right. marvels like all that stuff yeah it's been like the fact that inserts and base brand donruss yeah net marvels or yeah. crunch time could be like coveted is way cool and it's something that we've never seen really we've been talking to a lot of people recently about like 90s inserts and all that stuff and they say there's nothing like that anymore now and I was talking to them, and I'm like, "What about the color blast and the Marvels and the downtown downtowns yep. and like and the blanks? Like, what are they called? Yeah, yeah blank slates. Slate. Yeah, like yeah. all the that stuff is like so interesting. And then where do you guys start thinking about? All right, cool. We want to put this specific insert in this product, or is it you're just testing things and you're throwing them at the wall? Not in a bad way, like throwing stuff at the yeah, wall yeah. and seeing what hits. Or is it very calculated in that way of like we want to have a cool insert here? This is what we're trying to do with this. Um, I don't think I don't think it's that calculated. I do think there is a lot of give and take, and our teams know, know each other so well, and they're so um, there's just a lot of give and take of ideas. And what if we tried this? Because there's really like if you try something and it doesn't work, okay, you've mm-hmm. still got twenty more products or, yeah. or or whatever, and we'll get it right next year, or, or we can upgrade it. But like. Color Blast, I think, came from a guy who wanted to, he saw, it, it occurred to him, I think it was Tim Trout. At least Tim Trout claims it was his idea. Shout out to Tim um, Trout. Yeah. Respect. So, so, I respect the claim. So it's his idea. It's my Great. I'm still skeptical, but he said. <laughs> Feels like you might have listened to Future's <laughs> album and picked up on album cover, right? <laughs> but I love thinking. Tim. I've known Tim, Tim forever. Hopefully he'll laugh at this, and if not, I don't care. Too bad. Sorry, Tim. Um, but he said he, he said he was looking at all these gender reveal things and the, mm. the blue and pink powder and stuff, huh. and so he thought, mm. what if we put that on a card? If that's true, that's great. If it's not true, it's still a great insert. I see the story. I see where, yep. And there's a lot of things like that where – 
we're not afraid to take risks on like things like that. Yeah. And uh, for every one color blast, how many? Uh, you know, what's the volume of like tries? Like, how often are you guys say, sitting back and saying, "Okay, I would say let's test this." I would say more now than, and that's why uh, more now than it's ever been because yep. because now when these things start hitting, because it's color blast and then it's black color blast and yeah. there's prism or prism black and all these things that we do. Yeah, uh, downtown kaboom. There's uh, the one one in one version is something else. Uh, cityscapes or something okay but um but i think there that that happens a lot more now because because we do realize that in addition to to creating cool cards with autographs and big content we need something else other Mm -hmm. than than just those things yeah and so but i think that's why a product like chronicles has come such a long way because chronicles to me is one of my favorite products really is because it's it's so diverse like we were opening elite football yesterday or elite basketball, something. And there's only like four or six, like four to five or six like things you've got, uh, passing the torch, you've got primary colors, you've got power formulas and you, you, you have the base and maybe one other inset. But in Chronicles one pack, you could get like eight different things. And a lot of stuff in Chronicles I've never seen like recon football was in Chronicles draft picks or whatever. I've never seen that before. I don't even know what that is now. I know, but if you see it, you're like, and you know that is going to appear somewhere right. else. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I thought it was sweet when they went across the three leagues for, for footy. Yeah, exactly right. Like That's like a whole different. Well, I think we I think we probably have to do that like uh, contractually, I think. I don't know that because I'm not – that's above my pay grade, but, but I think we have to do that. But I, I thought that was – well done as well I, I love our i love our soccer business and where it's got kind of where it started and where it's gone the embracing of our soccer products primarily in like china has been pretty eye-opening to me where so obviously soccer has seen a pretty insane increase in popularity specifically in cards in the last like 18 months right mm-hmm. when you guys decide all right cool we're gonna do uh prism world cup then we're going to do mosaic da, 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 or what? How do you guys decide that again, this might just be like throwing it at the wall, but like, how do you guys decide when you're going to put out individual products in terms of like, we see mosaic as a primary product. Like there's obviously been an increased emphasis on mosaic, right? So when did you guys decide that you were going to do that with mosaic? And also where does that play out in terms of, all right, cool. Now we're going to do elite soccer. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, where does that, how does that timeline work out? Yeah. Yeah, m- most of our calendars are built to where the 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 entry level stuff starts the season, and then we gradually build. And, and you may have a few like high end stuff that drops in there, but usually it's like score football, and then you go to prestige, and then you go to elite, and then as you go on, you get some impeccable and some immaculate and NT and flawless, and that's how it ends. And I think that's how most of the calendars are built. Mm-hmm. Um, Soccer is a little bit different in the sense that we don't have as many products in a given season. But um, I think uh, anytime it seems like anytime we can work anything Optochrome in, whether it's Prism or Mosaic or Select, or and it, just when I think, man, we're just killing this Prism thing, it's like give it a rest, and then a, a new Prism thing will hit, and we'll, it'll be like the the hottest thing ever. And I'm like, what do more saying, Prism, do more. You're pr- saying a new Prism thing, you mean like a new uh, using the Optochrome technology? Yep. Got it. Got yep. it. Got so it. So it's in Prism, and then it's Select, and then it's um, a mosaic and then 
when I think there's too much of that technology being used, yeah. it never seems to yeah. to die down. The Something demand. that is, is just running through my mind right now and, and what you've seen, you know, over the course of your time, a lot of what I'm hearing is like listening, mm-hmm. right? Like there's more tools than ever. There's more data. There's more noise than ever to listen. Mm-hmm. And oh. if you're good at listening, you're going to be good at delivering for the consumer. No doubt about it. That's a great point. And, and what has really that been like? Because, you know, you've really gone from a, you know, licensing deals and then manufacturing to really what now every more or less business is a full-blown media company and and where does those responsibilities kind of change and how do you guys think about that i'm on the website you know and you've got the articles and blogs that you're putting out written by you know yourself (laughs) and and it's almost like you could have a massive data listening team on what products, but those things like Color Blast, Mosaic come out, and whether it's Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, you're, you're picking up on that. How's your role changed from, hey, we need to make a product, make sure we have the licenses, to like, we really got to listen to this community? Because also when you said it, the, the cards were your old iPhone. Yeah. It's so funny because these communities are social networks in and of themselves. Yeah. And so I just love to hear from you how you think how that transition's been. Well, it's been so. So I I went to school for journalism, so I was always a content guy. I wanted to be a sports writer, and I was able to do that. But man, the the opportunity to create to combine sports writing with trading cards was it just just mind blowing yeah. to me. So I was able to do it. And then when when I kind of went to uh, Beckett and then Domers and then Beckett and then back to Panini. One of the things that was important to me to come back to Panini was it was going to, going to be a marketing role, which mm-hmm. I was fine with. But I said, will we be able to do like a blog? Because I wanted to just I just wanted to still keep yeah, creating content. Yeah. Um, and they said, yeah, give it a shot, you know, and see if it works. And I was like, okay. And so then, luckily, it worked because I'm able to spend some time doing that. But a lot, I always say like a lot of times we get criticism on social and we don't always respond. Mm-hmm. We rarely respond because there's some things we just can't respond to. We're always listening to your point. And that's such a great uh, playground for any kind of feedback. And you get to, Ryan knows this because Ryan and I have communicated via IGDM since we met. And th- there are things you can do on IGDM that you can't say publicly, mm-hmm. but, but, I'm always getting information and when I, and I'm always sharing it with the people that need to hear it, yeah. whether they want to hear it or not. And so, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it sucks, yeah. but they need to know that why they, why this person thinks it sucks because yeah. they bought some and they weren't happy with it. And here's why. And we need to know that. And we take all that in. So, um, I love the social landscape. That's a real simple statement. Like everybody loves social, but it, yeah. You know, like I know immediately when a product's going to be hot or not by how people respond to it on social. Can you point to a specific product or moment that has had that where you guys are like, whoa, this is really taking off or hey, we need to double down on this. What, like when I think about Mosaic, we've now seen it go from kind of like a insert little become, one-off thing to yeah. like, this is a product. Well, like uh, our, a recent example to me is like clearly Donruss. The first time, because I, I don't... There were some products that get made that I don't have visibility on for, for any number of reasons. I don't, it's yeah. fine, it, but it'll come out and I'll be like, well, what is that? And clearly the Domers was one where I thought, eh, you know, it, it, it wasn't for me cause it's all acetate and, but it seemed to really resonate with people at least last year's. I think this year's will too, but 
and then the the way people the parallels in that the 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 mojos and the things in clearly Domerus really haven't been done where you're putting that holographic uh, kind of almost optical feel on a see-through card has never been done. So I saw people really responding to that in a positive way early on. Um, and that was cool to see. The WNBA is another one where you, the minute I put the blog post out, there are some, so when I post a product preview to our blog, I get that from our product information solicitations mm -hmm. that our sales team sends out. So as soon as our sales team sends it out, I get it. I'm notified that that tells me the stores are about to get it or the distributors are going to get it. And usually I can wait to, to post it because we're working on other stuff or whatever. Yeah. And, and, but there are certain products that right when that hits, I, I want to be the first one out with it just because that's why yeah. we started the blog. Of course. Yeah. And WMGA is one of those where I put, I've got like four other product previews. I still need to post that are yeah. coming out. And you're like, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, UFC Select jumped to the top, <laughs> yeah. and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the social media has changed everyone's lives forever. But I think Instagram, of all the channels, Instagram seems to have been the most influential in growing our business. I don't know if y'all see that too, yeah. but that yeah. m more than I mean, Twitter's great, has its role. Facebook's great, has its role. TikTok is cool, has its role. Yeah. But Instagram seems to be where. Yeah, visually, the lives. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've really talked a lot about, like, what the ability of, you know, breaking on lives has yeah. done. It's been crazy. And, like, people internally rip me because I, unless you're dropping F-bombs like crazy, I will repost any mention of us on Instagram on our story. Mm -hmm. You hear that? And, and people were like, J just don't cuss. Like, and you can even cuss like mildly, but the F-bombs and stuff, I get the excitement. I do like, but it's like, bro, like, I want to share this. Yeah. It's a great card and it's a great moment. Yeah. But uh, but people internally rip me because if you go to our store, you see all these little micro dots. Uh -huh. and, and I'm like, dude, that's so, it's such people an embracing of the community. Uh -huh. I remember the first time I ever got posted, like as I was trying to build my following and I tagged Panini in my story and it, they, you know, they reposted and I'm like, holy cow, like Panini reposted it. And I think you guys do a great job of like reposting everybody's content. So, well, I think it's, it's important because that's look, they're having fun and being passionate and spending a lot of money on our products. And it's a real simple thing to do to repost a great card or a great pull. And I, I, I'm going to keep doing it until they fire me. So they can continue to complain internally about the micro dots I don't care. I respect them. Was it Tim Trout who was complaining about the? <laughs> no, it was yeah. not. It was not. He was trying to claim credit for Color Blast, uh, Flawless, Mosaic, in general, <laughs> putting out soccer cards. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a couple questions about high-end products? Sure. I'm very, very interested. So when you guys are like, all right, we have NT, we have Flawless, these autograph deals you guys you have with different athletes. How do you determine? what goes in where at a from a volume standpoint and then are there individual like we were just talking about the inscriptions for for brady when those happen are you like oh those are going to be like big cards like how often do you know when you see a when you see a card design how often do you know about that and then separately on the flawless side with the autograph deals how do you determine what goes where that's a great question and uh so to answer the, kind of the second question first, yeah, like inscriptions on a Tom Brady card, we knew th those were going to be smoking. 
I don't know that we necessarily knew that those would go into Spectra first or that they would go into Spectra before they went into Flawless and NT, but, um, but I think the Spectra insert was built. There was a Super Bowl memory, Tom Brady Super Bowl memories insert in Spectra, and I think when it, it, it was confirmed that he was going to do inscriptions, that set seemed to make sense. in Because a lot of times it could just be what's being worked on right now. Like what? What's due? And if it makes sense? Oh right! Like literally, what's in front of your face? Because you're yeah, just trying to put out products. Exactly. Right? Like we have a product packing out in a month. We mm-hmm. have these Spectra Super Bowl. And I'm not saying this is what happened to Spectra. I'm saying that a, a lot of it will that will determine a lot of it. And then when when you guys have some of our product guys on later, they can kind of speak to the other question about because if we get a certain number of autographs from a player. We don't need as many Tom Brady autographs in score as we need in Flawless or NT. And so I think they kind of use that as a, as a barometer. And then it, for some players, if we have 100 autographs and there's 10 products, we're going to put 10 in a product. Right. That's just easy math because I'm, a, I'm sure. a math idiot. So yeah. that's the only math I can do in my head. All right. So we've talked a lot so far about social media, right? That's been brought up about ways for y'all to get feedback growth of the business, social um, communities. But we talked, Tyler, Lou, and I talked a little bit earlier about, we talked about it last week with like name, image, and likeness and how that would affect college athletes and getting paid. So one of the things on my mind is for someone that's been in the, the, the hobby really as long as you have, who are some of the ones that come to mind in terms of guys that like the hysteria, the hype around them, maybe some in recent memory, or a little easier than others, but maybe some of the ones like I remember Strasburg in 2010, sure. right? Yeah. Like some of the other ones that people may not think of, who are the ones that come to mind for you? So players who would fall under that NIL window today. Yeah. yeah. But also like the ones well, that have had massive card demand. And I think there's a good way to also frame it too of, you know, if you've joined or, or become a part of the hobby in the last three years, Zion. And yeah. Then I was going to say, like, sure, sure. remove, go, go past five yeah, years. For sure. And like, what were some other similar moments where it was well, like, Ooh, this is the biggest guy ever. Well, the, the the greatest draft class that was supposed to be was R- Reggie Bush. Oh, I mean, if you could, when imagine, I got in, right? If you could imagine him having NIL stuff yep. with USC, my God, uh, y- yep. you know that whole class. I mean, Vince Young is another guy. Um, I'm trying to even go back, like Ryan Leaf, mm. right? Not like the NFL Ryan Leaf, but the the Washington State Ryan Leaf, who would be eligible for NIL. Yeah, that that would be insane. And I mean, obviously with Peyton Manning there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boat. Well, yeah, I mean, Bo Jackson comes to mind for everything just because he's Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones we brought up was Tebow. Oh, I remember when he was like favorites. when he was drafted. Like that was just yeah. that was crazy. Another great example. Yeah, I mean that the those guys would break the internet um, in many cases with their nil stuff for sure. Any um, certain colleges. I know Penn State's probably like one or two, but outside of Penn State, any like specific communities around uh, around schools that that you think play more into the hobby? Hang on a second. Did you just say you that did. Penn State has you a did. number yeah. one community? One or two. College? He said one. Well, or two. I said like you can remove them from the conversation because they're generally going to be said, up there. He said one or two. You, know? you said one or two. Like Ohio yeah, State's around said. seven or eight. Well, I imagine, <laughs> something like that. That's an but outside of that, obviously Kentucky, Duke. You know. I'm well, yeah, I mean, depending on what, depending on what sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Too, right? That, that <laughs> annoys me. Keep going. No. Well, the, I was going to point to Ryan next to me because Ohio State would be one of those teams. Obviously, um, 
on the football side, I mean, you, you really got to break it down by sport, too, because yeah. obviously yeah. Kentucky, Duke, or football power, and North Carolina. Or, yep. uh, basketball. But, yep. I mean, yep. basketball. North Carolina. Um, Indiana, probably even, mm-hmm. too. But uh, I think it would depend on the sport. But, yeah, those – Ohio State, I mean, Alabama, come on. Yeah, that, and what Clemson's done. Hopefully. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. So – and those schools, if you'll notice, it's no surprise. Like in a lot of our collegiate products, whether it's contenders draft picks or or prism draft picks or flawless, Alabama's a big player, Clemson's a big player, Ohio State's a big player, and then in basketball, obviously, you mentioned them, Kentucky and um, Duke, and a lot of the blue bloods. Yeah, exactly right. What are you thinking about in terms of obviously? I'm sure you can't say anything, but. Is there plans for NIL stuff with like card sets, autograph? Like Trevor Lawrence did his tops thing, obviously. Like that's probably somewhere in your timeline, right? In terms of yeah, I would whether say, it's next season or later. I would say stay tuned. Yeah. There's stuff cooking. Yes. That's cool. Yes. Very cool. Question just jamming. Who's the hottest college athlete right now going into this season? In any sport? Yeah. Or football? Who's like the hottest buzz? Good. Guy or gal in college sports that's in college right now, yeah. That, that will play this next yeah, season, yeah. That'll college. play this next season. I'll give a shameless plug, DJ. You that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think I mean, he's actually really high on the list. He's yeah. gotta be. Who's I mean, the kid from Derek King? Is that another one from Miami? The kid from Miami. Miami. Yeah. I know he's on that. He's, he's got it. like 12 deals already. I know there's there's the was it gymnasts from LSU, the two females. Oh, they signed a couple of big deals. They were in Times Square. Oh, the two so. gym, got it. Gymnasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Tick, tick, the, TikTok following. And yeah, how the, does the Olympics play into this thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we would be uh, remiss to not bring up the National again. Yes. I think it's got to be the topic of all of our Card Talk podcasts over the next 14, 13 days. Mm-hmm. 13 yeah, 13, days. 13, 13 days. so. Any, any insight on plans for Panini at the National? Well, as we as we discussed earlier, it's one of my favorite events that we do. It's huge. Uh, this year is going to be a little bit different because we haven't had a national really since the the biggest boom of our of the, of the recent past. And so, I think there's a certainly a pent up demand for like live shows. You guys have seen it at Dallas and mm-hmm. um, and other places y'all been. But um, so yeah, we we always say we pull out all the stops at the national because it's such an important event, showcase event, interacting event. Um, so rapid redemptions have been a part of our national presence for years and years and years. I think that the silver packs will be there in some form. I'm going to pause you for one second. Can we go into rapid redemptions and a little sure, bit of yeah, what yeah. that execution is? That's a great question. So rapid redemptions have always been a way initially back in the day for, t- to help, Dealers who set up at the show, clear out inventory, make money. Uh, collectors buy boxes on the show floor, bring them over. And for every two packs of this, you might get a silver redemption pack. And wrap redemption packs are made exclusively for the national. It's not product that – it's just a, a, an exclusive product, essentially, mm-hmm. only available at the national. So if you buy a box of this, you get four silver packs. And then there's autographs and memorabilia and rookie cards and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's always been a way, it's kind of a win-win. You, yep. you buy a box, you get free packs. The dealer wins, the consumer wins. And you, you buy the box, you're handing that back in for in exchange for the pack. All we want is the overwrap. Yep. You get to keep out, everything that's in the box, plus you get these 
packs. Understood. We just want you, you Understood. know. Got it. So you're keeping the product. Yeah. You're turning, showing your purchase intent. Exactly helping, right. So you guys are helping out the dealers. Yep. Boom. And then there's redemption. Exactly on the right. Is there different? Are, are the silver packs just coming out of one kind of thing, almost like a chronic? Like you don't know what's inside, yeah, or yeah, are yeah. they broken out? Like no, this no, no. They get this kind of vertical of silver. Completely random, just like any other product, but but. Where where it differs is if you buy a more expensive box, mm -hmm. you get more packs. More, so it's just volume of packs. Exactly. There's not kind right. of like a levels of the packs. Right. Or what but have the you. person who who's getting twenty packs has the same odds uh, of pulling an autograph or mem or, or whatever as the person who buys gets two packs. Yep. 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 Correct. Well, I mean, not the same odds, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but each pack is similar yeah, odds. Yeah, right. Pack odds. Yep. So so that will continue, Ryan, in some form. Um, it's a little bit different this year, obviously, because of there's not as much product the on the floor. The prepare that you guys have. Yeah, yep. the the window, because there were a lot, you guys know more than anybody, a lot of starts and stops on, we're going to have it, no, it's going to be in November, no, it's not. And so we, we've we had to deal with that where we've gone, and we've tried to prepare as best we can for it happening regardless. Um, and we've done that, but then it becomes a bandwidth issue of what's what's in the production schedule now, what's coming, where can we fit the national product in. But we are going to do it up big again this year we are going to have as far as i know silver pack redemptions no gold packs that would that would uh, normally be associated with the vip party which is a real ryan. bummer because as ryan has mentioned and we've all talked about it's one of my favorite nights of the year it's where i first met ryan in person so it's a it's a memory that i uh long hold in high regard i long for yeah um i think there's a picture of us together on uh, on, on the, the gram on the gram yeah, yeah, yeah. um oh nice Unless he's already deleted. Yeah. I know I didn't delete Ryan it. said it was a bigger night than his wedding, but that's just not what I want. It is what you said. <laughs> it is. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm your father. Uh, <laughs> car collector. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it finally comes out. Tracy is car collector. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so the silver packs will be done. Um but one of the things that we do that I don't think any other manufacturer's done yet is we have our customer service team on site there. Look, there, there's a lot of feedback that we get at that event anyway, but you have customer service there and our guys sit there and gals and they sit there and they, we, we do the live redemption trade up program, which is if you have a redemption, there are certain uh, uh, parameters you need to hit to be eligible to, to trade in, but we're trying to knock out as many redemptions, outstanding redemptions as as we can on site and i love that we do that because it's not just about redemption it's also about we're here for you and what what can we take back to our people to say what can we do better that's always a staple of the of the national the kids free case breaks that we've done with uh, ubb for, for the last several years free it's free the kids just come and enter there are some kids who try to work the system of course and we know we, we're watching um i got worked over by a kid <laughs> in dallas last show i'm like oh man just walked over and have my collection and i think gary v was there and i think his son participated i think it was his son yep. participated in a a kid's free case break. I love that we do that because it's a way for us to, and it's not just crap product that we're doing it yeah. with. It's not, it's not flawless, but yeah. it's decent product. Uh -huh. uh, I've seen a uh, lots of great stuff. Kobe autographs pulled out of that kids free. And that's just one example. So anyway, we do that. That's important to us. Um, and then I think just everything else is such an important week for us 
not just for marketing, but for our product development guys to, to get feedback on what's working, what's not it. And we just, the amount of conversations we have with people who keep me, who pay my check, like I'll go and I'll talk all day long because that's the least I can do for them letting me do this for a living. Are you kidding me? Like, so anyway, it's a huge week and we're going to have just about everything that we normally do except that one big gold glaring thing. Tough hell, Rye. Sorry about it. Better luck next year. Uh, while we're still on the national topic, a piece of kind of conversation that we've enjoyed and I believe the audience really values. And it was funny you talking about kind of preparing for the national back in the day and the amount of preparation that went into it without the technology or like eBay at your fingertips or what have you. And Wi-Fi gets jammed up in there. What are one or two things, you know, if you were a, a consumer or or just some preparation tips in your mind going into the show, you know, long couple days, you know, looking to build some collections, meet new relationships. What are some things that you would have on your mind heading into the show? Uh, hydrate because it's a big venue and you don't want to pass out on the floor because your legs could be locked for a long time. But just, <laughs> just know, have an idea of what you want. Right. Cause that's so important. People don't realize until they go how big this show is, mm -hmm. how many tables and how easy it is to get lost. Yeah. Or where did I see that John Elway autograph? And you're looking around, you can't find it because you didn't think of the booth number and you didn't have a diagram. So it's just so important to, to don't buy the first time through go shop unless it's something that you just don't want to lose. I get that part too. It's unless it's exceedingly rare. Yeah. And there's, there's yeah. And, um, cause nobody's going to hold it for you. So I'm going to come back and get that. They're yeah, not going like to hold you it. Find that Luca base. You're like, don't pass that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, get, get your bearings about, you know, know where things are. And sometimes you got to know where things are quick because you could, the show's closing in three minutes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to wait a day to get that card. You want to get it now. So just document where you are, where things that are important to you are on the floor. Don't forget where the restrooms are because, mm -hmm. man, it's a group. Because it happens quick. It's a you know, all of a sudden, yeah, and then boom, you got to go. And it's like deep, you're spending 17 minutes and you walk by a random table. You see a McDavid you want. All of a sudden, you're like, do I What's go like to the McDavid or do I go and go to the bathroom? What you're going doing? to McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> it, but, but it's like you mentioned, like there are lessons you learn at the show about business and about taking care of what you need to take care of that you can't learn in school. Mm -hmm. And it sounds funny and it sounds tongue in cheek, but it's so true. Yeah. It's so much of what, it was what we founded the, this whole show and concept on was this is crazy. Like this is literally fun, free MBA, yeah. you know, and, and that's what this has evolved into for us. It's been a blast. And obviously following Ryan's, you know, lead and what he's been. Yeah. Doing, well, it, it, and I think if you think about it, even at, any of the packed stadiums you've ever been to or any big concerts you've ever been to, it's hard for me to imagine a more, a bigger group of extremely passionate people. They're not all ex passionate about the same thing, but they're all passionate about the same thing. It's a hundred thousand people who really like cards. They, and they'll tell you about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're, I can't tell you the stories I've heard about a Ryan Tannehill collection. I'm like, I just want to go use the restroom. Third but I, year but I love, insert. <laughs> yeah, and they all know. And they all know. And like we used, rate on the we used to have these badges that I, I this is going to sound weird. It's not an easy way for me to say it, so I'll try to uh, say gloss it as weird over as possible. It. Well, I, 
I kind of felt like how Dolly Parton felt because <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I'll tell you why. Perfect. I'll tell you why. Because we, we used to have these badges. Our badges are always pretty cool. They have cards in them. And yep. sometimes, a, I remember seeing And those. I would always know when somebody wanted my badge and not me, because they would come and look at me and I would, and, they, and their eyes would be right here on my badge. And I'm like, hey, up here, you know, and it was like, and I've been made offers. Hey, I want that badge. And I'm like, no, this is my badge. Yep. But their eyes go right here. And I, so Dolly, I commiserate with you one time a year, (laughs) three days a year. Something else that I'm sure if we don't ask it, people will be like, why didn't you ask about that? Obviously, again, the last 18 to 24 months, there's been an extreme increase in demand. I imagine production as well um, of the cards that you guys are coming out with every week. That feels like every week at this point, right? Right. How are you thinking about the long-term health of cards? Obviously, we were talking before about like the boom and the bust era and how, how all that happens. Where do you see Panini's role in that? And how do you maintain the health of the hobby? That's a great question. I, I think we have the most important role in it because we control so much of the NBA marketplace, the NFL marketplace, NASCAR, UFC, college. Um, and the thing that I take so there has been extreme growth in in demand. There there hasn't been extreme growth in production, but there's been slight growth, right? Because the thing that I'm most excited about about this time that we're in versus maybe the late '80s, early '90s thing, is that we have so many people at Panini making those decisions who live through that mm-hmm. and know what it's like to be irresponsible and just have your hand out and not doing things for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. so I, uh, that gives me a lot of comfort and confidence that we're going to, we're in this thing for the long haul because it's our business too. Like we, we don't need to grab all of it now. Mm-hmm. We need to grow it steadily. Mm-hmm. And we have people who are like-minded who are way above my pay grade who, who feel the same way because they don't want to do anything to really yeah, damage it. It's, it's interesting. We've talked about it on our show a lot is like, like it's your guys' job to make money as a business and the way you make money is to sell more cards. So it's a very interesting line to walk. It is. Where it's like, man, how much can we put out of this where it's not too much, but we're still going to get the increase year over year and all that stuff. So we think, we talk about that all the time and I've always wondered how you guys approach it in terms of, should we just keep printing? Obviously you don't do that, but like, yeah. I think there 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 are heated discussions about that very thing in this office mm-hmm. or in this very room where yeah. some people just want to put pedal to the metal in this print. And we're mm-hmm. like, no, we can't do that because you never really know where the tipping point is mm-hmm. until you're on the other side of it. But once you hit it, it's too late. And so I think, like I said, we have a lot of people who are in uh, positions of of power and control here who know that and are very cognizant of being responsible. That's the word I always use. Just be responsible. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to say. We were all talking about some Instagram DMs we got, and if everybody who wanted product got product, nobody would want product. Mm-hmm. So that's the that the the real truth is there are some people who aren't going to get it, yep. and you're going to have to try better next time or find another way. Because mm-hmm. if you everybody got it, we're not here, and we're not here. Yeah, what was going through my head is we talk about. You know, like when you said you you don't need to get it all right now. And I think about the mindset of 
dealers or people that have been selling, you know, and, and this just theory of like life is, is very long. It's, it's amazing. And when I think about crypto, like the people that have been through the cycles that are working within this building, but also people that have, you know, maybe either used the business to gain great relationships for Mm -hmm. the long term or the other side of it, use the business to actually really tarnish their reputation. And a lot of times it'll come down to three, four, five percent of squeezing extra margin on the sure. deal that people will remember for Absolutely. the long term. And over the five days in Chicago, there are moments that you will come across. You're listening to the show. You're going to be there. There are moments you are going to come across where you have those decisions to make. And look, in I, you know, you can't put everyone's situation or perspective on the table but it is key to important to remember and important to remember that life is long and there are you know ripple effects of deals decisions that you make and it doesn't always come down to that five percent ten percent ebay comp you know and you really do need to think also everyone is human yep. and, and those relationships people remember long-term. And when I hear you say that about, you know, the business, it's comforting to know that this has, you know, that is now a very long and established and mature hobby, you know, that the people that are on the inside of it are also very much thinking about that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that too, because, uh, because, um, because I've always felt like, and I think a lot of people do like, no matter who I've been able to meet, what Super Bowls I've been able to watch or, that the thing that's always been most important to me throughout any stop I've had in this journey are the people and just, just do right by people and we're all going to be better off. Right. And you, you, you were so poignant when you said it, like there, there are things that you don't think are big deals that are going to be big deals. And when you make that decision where that ends up, you're not going to know until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. So we've only got a couple minutes left here, so I think we... I have a must-ask question that I want to sneak in, but you keep going with that. I just want to make sure I know before the time ends. I just want to finish with maybe a little rapid fire. Amazing. Sweet. So ask a question, everybody answer it. Yep. It's one of the things I want to ask Tracy, so I'll start with this, is, and everybody can answer, obviously, favorite product Panini produces? Playbook. Prism World Cup. Contenders draft picks football. I'm going to go with Contenders optic football. Nice. My favorite cards. Mine's a question directly for Trace. You guys can try to answer it if you have some knowledge. But okay. I don't have the knowledge, back but of, I have uh, yeah, You got knowledge. Prism, nah. you know, World Cup. Mbappe autos. How many words do I have? I want, I want them. I want them. <laughs> yeah, I can All answer. of them now. <laughs> I, can answer, right I, can, yeah. I can answer that as well. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I raise uh, your want yeah. with my need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope. How about that? I hope that we, that we have Mbappe at some point. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about that a lot. It's like the – it's a lot easier with the American sports, right? I think a lot of people who watch our show ask us about soccer autos as well. It's like it's way easier to get autos in the Major League Baseball or NBA or whatever the soccer players is literally you're dealing with individual people right global and they're global mm-hmm. correct they're mm-hmm. not in cleveland yeah. they're, they're, <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. so our guy alex carbajal who does acquisitions for baseball nascar ufc another global sport and soccer i mean that's a tough job you sure. know because he's dealing with he's tracking this stuff internationally and the 
the shipments are they take longer to get there. Sometimes they get stuck in customs for for clearance money yep, and stuff like yep, that. Yep. And they know what they're sitting on. And so it's really it's really uh, like barbed wire. It's yeah. just hard. But he does a great job of getting in getting as much in as he does. And one of the things that really resonated with me, and this is not a rapid fire and I apologize, but um, when, when Immaculate Soccer came out last year, I think, and I noticed there was like more stickers than I thought there should be. And I'm like, oh, well, this is not going to be good. <laughs> but but it sold out, right? Yeah. And so, and it's not just because the market was hot. It's because I think there's a modicum of people who, who understand that stickers in Immaculate Soccer might be more, digestible than stickers in football mm-hmm. nfl yeah and yeah because it is really a task it's just it's, the reality of getting like literally the reality of yeah. getting them is almost impossible yeah yep. and that's a great point because it really that's one of those things a lot of people might not think about mm-hmm. when you're dealing with hockey or soccer or ufc yeah, they have these uh, you thing. know like player associations that kind of they sign into and represent and, and all that and over there i mean you got mega stars and it's like their great uncle is like handling their deals exactly right and they're in russia or yeah. they're in brazil or i mean brazil is tough man. yeah like they they don't play around and yeah same. all right my real rapid fire ronaldo or messi ronaldo ronaldo messi messi yeah <laughs> yeah nice even split <laughs> my guy lou my guy lou we'll let you guys be buddy buddy go to you lou what's your favorite insert that's come out in recent years you're gonna l- laugh at me but uh, crunch time galactic it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, it's the answer is the answer's Kaboom yeah. or Blank Slate for me. Is Blank Slate the LeBron? Is Blank Slate the white, all white LeBron? Yes, dude. Yeah, Lou's got it on that card. They're sweet. They're sweet. I didn't know they existed two months ago, but now I know they exist, and it's the only thing I care about. But then I was going to say Color Blaster Kaboom or Kaboom down the line. Oh, it's Kaboom easy. Kaboom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking Color Blaster or Crunch Time. I'm real simple. I'm a simpleton. Saturday morning cartoons, you know. I'm a, I, I, I'm I respect a, it. I'm at an I age where I watch. Polo. I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm at a time in my life where I, you, I was that kid that watched Saturday morning cartoons. So when Crunch Time came out, I'm like, they're talking to me with that, like, because I'm yep. old. Yep. So that's yep. when I said it. I should have said Color Blast. I want to redo. No, I'm kidding. I want it could be uh, Color Blast. Yeah. I have my short list. I started on the flight. Oh yeah. My short list. Good. What Good. I'm trying to attack. I I'm trying to be flight. prepared. Which goes back, if you have a short list, don't wait to buy the items on your short list. If you find it, get it. Get active. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid. Make a play, as they say. Make a play. Yeah. 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 You may have heard of it. Do you have a, a, a favorite play you've made? Well, I got my wife to- Aha. Play um, of the life. She sucker. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Like in the card game, you're saying? Yeah. We have a segment where it's play of the week, and because we always- it came about where it's like, make a play. Like, if you're confident, one of the great things of the hobby, I believe, is that if you have intuition and belief, it allows you to execute on that. We say, make a play. Yeah, like, my biggest play, cause, because I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an investor. Mm-hmm. I'm more like a, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a hoarder, I'm a yeah, fan. Yeah, so. so maybe something that you wanted to hoard, but took you a little bit to get to, that's a play. One thing I did that's, that's dumb that's dumb it's gonna be them speaking of the national many 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 years ago Fleer had a, a promotion on the floor you bought a box of Fleer wwe product you got a autograph ticket to go meet trish stratus i don't know if you know trish legend in the game she's a, a legend, of the game. legend of the game 
in multiple ways. And I, I bought the box of Fleer, and I pulled one of these real rare, like, uh, lip print cards of Lita, who's another legend. Mm-hmm. Again. Another legend. And I kept it, and then I sold it, and I regret it, because now I don't have a type card. That's ah. a, so th- that's a miserable play of, uh, of the, the week. worst play of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We want, people talk about it all the time. Jay's having a panic attack over here with the, with the fingers. Right yeah. yeah, the battery's going to end. He's doing talking. sign language. We're trying right. to get shut down. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank Appreciate y'all for you having me, man. This Thanks. has been thank awesome. You, man. Thank yeah. y'all. That's all I got for now, guys. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.